Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. All right, everybody, we are rolling. I am sitting next to a genius. I don't know if you know this yet, (laughs) (laughs) but we are in for the biggest treat today. We are also filming for the YouTube channel. So if you'd like to see this happening, like not just in a podcast behind the scenes. Yeah. If you want the behind the scenes footage, You can go to my YouTube channel and just search Emily Gibson. I'm sure it will pop up. (laughs) I have no idea. It's funny. When I started my YouTube channel back seven years ago, I didn't even know what I was doing. So Mm -hmm. I made a fake email with my son's name, attached it to my YouTube channel. And now I have like four and a half thousand followers on YouTube that people (laughs) send me messages all the time. And about once every three years, I remember that YouTube sends you messages and you can interact and that it's a social platform. And I'm like, oh, I should go read some of those comments. <laughs> and every time I'm just so glad that I that I don't know to read comments. <laughs> well, it brings out the lovers and, and the haters. haters. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just one of those things where I feel like Maybe it was a blessing that I've never been connected to that. So it's just grown. You know how I handle that, Emily? Tell me. I hire somebody to do all my comments <laughs> on YouTube and they filter out the really awesome ones. I give they you all share that. With me. They share you all the good stuff. And all the haters, they just kind of live. But the other thing about that is your lovers will start fighting your haters on the platform. It's true. And create a dialogue there. And, and the algorithms love that. When there's a lot of when there's a lot of forth. back and forth, yeah, and, and the specific content doesn't matter, and it's kind of like they say, bad breath is better than no breath at all. <laughs> and so, would you so, guys, you know, your fans go to bat for you. Would you guys like to know who this is? Oh, we didn't even cover that. Yet. This is Dr. Paul Jenkins, and he's a genius. This is the genius I was referring to oh, sitting wow. next to me. Wow. I have a lot to live up to now. I'm going to give you all of his credentials, but (laughs) I refer to him as Dr. Paul. So that's what most people call me. I'm sure that you all can now refer to him as this, but he is a clinical psychologist Mm -hmm. with a background in psychotherapy, but not currently treating patients in that way anymore. And he is a certified life coach. I I do exclusively life coaching now based on a positive psychology model that I developed. Which he's going to teach you today. I'd You're, be happy to. You are in for a treat. It's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> and there are, this is going to be a two-part segment. So you're mm. going to learn about his positivity model first, and then we're going to talk about some really interesting things. That have to do with elephants. Well, kind of like application of the philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. So get excited. That'll be fun. Because this is one of my favorite humans that I have met in the last year. We are in a mastermind with Jody Moore, who is coaching us this year. And we're so blessed 
to oh, have that's her. been phenomenal. Just one of my most favorite life experiences. Mm-hmm. And I was on your podcast just recently. Tell them the name. It's called Live on Purpose Radio. And we what do you focus on there? Well, I loved our conversation. I shared it with all of you uh, in my Instagram. If you follow me there, imagine mm-hmm. Emmeline. And I do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> live on Purpose Radio. It's got the phrase live on purpose. That's the name of my whole enterprise. And it has a nice double meaning because it means that you have a purpose and that you engage in that purpose intentionally or on purpose. It's so powerful. So it's you taking know all your life, power back, right? I think if there's way too many of us who just let life push us around and we blame our circumstances or other life mm. contexts for where we are or how we feel or what our relationships are like. It feels easier to be the victim. Absolutely. It, it seems like, and a lot of times I feel like when I choose victimization for myself in certain circumstances with certain mm-hmm. people, it feels very comforting. It's, it's really a trap. Because in that victim mindset, it's not my fault. Right. Right. There's always someone or something that I can blame. Mm-hmm. And that's very convenient. I, I just did a post on LinkedIn this week that said a belief of inadequacy protects us from the burden of responsibility. Because if it's not my fault, then there's nothing I can do about it. And I can just kind of comfortably but miserably sit in the background and I'm free from responsibility. Don't you see why I love talking to Dr. Paul? You get this stuff, (laughs) Emily. It is so fun. In fact, before we hit record, we -hmm. were talking about some good stuff and I was like, wait, 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 we have to press record. We need to be recording this because we were just sitting in my office visiting, talking or whatever. And I was talking to you about how before I found my network marketing career, Mm -hmm. I would sit and I would dream about what I was going to do when my kids were all in school, right? Now I have them all in school and I'm doing something so much better than what I could have dreamed. But I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, when my kids go back to school, I want to go, or when they're in school all day, I want to go back to school and get a degree in psychology. Because I, they were my favorite classes in college, the mind, the brain is intoxicating to me. Mm -hmm. It's just so fascinating. And I've always, even when I was a school teacher, right. Even when I did that on my wall in my classroom, I had a wondering wall and we never Mm -hmm. had time to use it because we always had to do state testing and this, that, and the other, and barely even had time for PE, you know? Yeah. And, but it was always something that even in my degree in elementary education, I found so much value in thinking about what people were thinking and letting my students Mm -hmm. think about the answer. But unfortunately, because of the way our school systems are, there's not any time for that. Right. It's like, there's one answer it's right or it's wrong. And we got to move on. Which is really unfortunate because when you understand the proper operation of the equipment of your own mind, it affects every other aspect of life. Mm -hmm. Everything else that you could study in school. I I love that my job is to illuminate the obvious. (laughs) That's such a good way of putting it. It's cool. I get paid to tell people things they already know. (laughs) Or things that 
they think they know, but they can't see. Well, you mentioned one just a minute ago about uh, thinking about our thinking. Uh-huh. I call this metacognition. Yes. Wait, did you make up that word? We, as an industry, made it up. Okay, that's what I thought because I was like, "Wait, psychologists are make you up the words one who did time. it?" <laughs> yeah, because we feel smart when we make things up. But this word metacognition simply means thinking about thinking. And now that we're talking about it, I, j- I just want everybody who's listening to notice that you can do this, which is obvious, but you didn't notice it before it was called to your attention. It's what separates us from the animals, right? I think so. Yeah. Cause like yeah. Cosette, she's not thinking about her thinking. She's like, you're before, before we brought it. you on here, she was crawling all over Dr. Paul. Yeah. We have dog fur all over us. I have the evidence now. And you have two dogs, two little dogs. Mm-hmm. Tell them their name. Tell them. Mozzie and Piper. So cute. And what and kind of dogs are they are. Mozzie is a Yorkie poo and Piper is a mini Labradoodle. And are dogs humans or animals? We need to know. They, they are animals who have personalities and feelings. Mm. And we interact with them in much the same way we would as a human. I but can see we disagree on this. Well, there's some interesting differences. There are two kinds of dog people out there. There are dogs are people. And there are dogs Ah. are animals. I'm a dogs are humans dog person. Well, Emily, let's do a test. Okay. 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 Take take Sean and take Cosette. Yes. And lock them in the trunk of your car. Yes. Drive around for about an hour. Open the trunk and see who's happy to see you. Mm. I mean, the dog, obviously. (laughs) Humans don't do that. There's some important differences. <laughs> they're ticked off because they're thinking about their own thinking and they're having all these thoughts that are causing we all these get feelings. All kinds of head trash dogs don't. I know. And that's why they're so easy to love. Right. And we <laughs> should learn something from that. And they are unconditionally forgiving. I mean, there's just so many things. So dogs are dogs, actually. I wished I could have been my dog during the pandemic. I looked at her every day and I was like, I wish I was you. Why can I not be you? She loved the pandemic because everybody's home. Everyone was home. It was the best all the time, best time of her life. So go on. What were you going to say? Well, when, when you say are dogs human or are dogs animals, I think the term animals is way too general because different species have different characteristics and um, it's kind of like men and women. Are they the same? No, mm. they're different in some really important and awesome ways. And dogs are different from people in some really important and awesome ways. <laughs> so they're the ultimate example of how to just let water roll off the back. Yeah. Essentially. Well, yeah, that and many other things that we could identify. Yes, yes, if we yes. To get into that, if we're really so. going to get into the specifics, mm-hmm. but we're not because. What we want to get into today is this amazing positivity model that you are going to teach us. And I've got, I've got a visual for it. Perfect. Those of you that are watching the behind the scenes on the YouTube channel. You know what? Everybody who's listening, though, I'll give you the visual. Oh yeah. You get it either way. Just go to drpauljenkins.com. That's a drpauljenkins.com. And then do a little forward slash 
Emily. Can you remember that? <laughs> we'll also um, put it in the show notes. So don't the worry. Show notes um, what you get when you, when you grab that is the visual that I'll be referring to, and then it will make more sense. So just go grab the visual. I'll put it in your inbox and you can, you can track what we're talking about there. And the simple, simplest way that I know to explain this is starting with, it is what it is. I feel like I need to hold this up. For the visual people that are watching on the behind the scenes. Well, and whether you got the visual in front of you right now or not, just connect with this. When you hear, it is what it is. I mean, that can be really annoying depending on who's saying it. Mm. But all it really means is the way things are right now without changing anything. It's who you are, who you're with, what you have, the way things are. It is what it is. And... If, if you'll just go with an assumption here that what it is could always, now my editor tells me to always avert, avoid the word always <laughs> and never use the word never, but I just used it. What it is, is always between better and worse. Okay. Is that true? That's easy enough. So, and don't take my word for this. I want you to just run it through your filters and see if that's true, because if that's true, then no matter how good things seem right now in your life, it could always be better. 100%. And no matter how bad things seem, it could always be worse. There's something I used to teach my classroom, my students, back when I was a school teacher. I would say to them, there's always going to be someone that's smarter than you, but you're always going to be smarter than someone else. Yes. And not from like an ego way but from a self-acceptance way of like, and nothing's wrong with it. This is just how it is. Kind of reminded me of that when you were saying that. If if you can connect with that assumption, then the model is going to make sense. And for me, Emily, it's important as a professional psychologist that we get past the trite, fluffy, just think positive. Oh my gosh. So you have to know that I used to be a self-proclaimed happiest person you'll ever meet. Really? It was all over my social media. I said it for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. but I really believe that it was just because I didn't want to process my emotions and I was going through a tremendous amount of pain during that time. So for me, it was like this way that I could deflect Mm -hmm. and distract. Right. Like I was buffering with happiness, essentially. Sometimes people hide in it. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Or it's a denial of the pain or difficulty that is inherent in our lives. Yeah. I love the way Tim Hansel put this. He said that pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. That's good. And when you understand how your mind is working, so take what it is, okay? There are two processes that are going on in in your mind all the time. You cannot turn them off. It's like gravity. You never get up in the morning and think, oh, what if gravity's on? It tends to be, right? It's just there. Yeah. And this is the same way. You can't turn it off. Those two processes are evaluation and creation. And you'll see on the visual model, I've got evaluation on the bottom. Creation is on the top. You can't turn either of these off. By evaluation, I mean judgment. Okay. So think about it. Judgment. You, you like are constantly, constantly judging, judging everyone. Yes. Yeah. 
and everything. You can't turn it. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says, judge not. Right. Because I'm like, crap, I suck We're at that. We're in trouble. <laughs> I remember, I remember like after Facebook had been out for, I don't know, five or six years. I mean, I joined it mm-hmm. right when it started. I mean, yeah. I was in college. Sean and I were newly married. And mm-hmm. I was like, this looks like sinful. We got to join it now. Right. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And um, we were up at, uh, we were up in Rexburg, Idaho at mm-hmm. a, you know, very small Christian private university and, yeah. uh, and everybody was doing it. And I was like, this seems really naughty. Also, I want to join. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so I just remember thinking like a couple years into it being like, oh my gosh, we're just judging each other all day long. This is like taking the judge over meter up a notch. Yeah. And then move it to Pinterest and some of these other places where you just see all of these comparative standards. So let's go to evaluation first. Okay. In order to judge something, anything, you're an educator, you know this, Yeah. you have to have some standard of comparison Yes. to evaluate. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, when we look at what it is and it is what it is, Without changing anything, when we look at our what it is, it could be your finances, your health, it could be your business, it could be your relationships, whatever it is. And you ask yourself, how am I doing? Hmm. Okay. Well, compared to what? Right? Before you came on my show, this was a couple of years ago, I had a young man named Gabriel Adams who came on my podcast. I don't know if you've heard his name before. Mm -mm. This will give you a hint. The title of that episode, No Arms. Oh. No Legs. I know who you're talking about. No problem. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now you just got an image in your mind. Yeah. Okay. How many? Of him on the beach doing the things. He has no arms and no legs. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just wrap your head around that for a sec. Yeah. He moved out of his parents' home when he was 21. He can make macaroni and cheese. He can shave his face with a blade. What? I know. He can shampoo and condition his own hair. I'm like, Gabe, how do you do that? He's like, I made a video. (laughs) You made a shower video? It's like, don't worry, it's (laughs) G-rated. The hardest part is getting out of the tub because with no arms and legs and you're slippery. It's kind of tricky. What? How do you, how does he do it? How awesome. I mean, I'll have to go to YouTube and look for the go video. Watch the video. I'm going to go watch the video. I'm like, how do you shave your face without arms? And he's like, how do you shave yours with arms? I've never tried it that way. <laughs> it's so it's true. Now, as I share that with you. And, and also, hold on one second. Yeah. Because this is what's so fascinating to me is when any of us want to learn how to do a new thing, mm-hmm. we want to know the how. Right. Right. Which is irrelevant. Like how many of you listening to this podcast right now, Mm -hmm. listen to me because you want to know the how of being successful in network marketing. Yeah. Just tell me the how and I'll do it. If the how are the problem. That's not the issue. We'd already be there. The thing is, Emily, all the hows are figure outable. Yes. Clearly. As evidence. You can shave your face without arms. I know. Legs. Right. Yeah. So hopefully that opens your mind a little bit, but notice how you're feeling about your own body right about now. Yeah. I'm feeling like how many I'm, limbs do you have? I mean, I have four if we count all the and they all work. And toes. Yeah. They all, what? They all work. Do you see how profoundly blessed you are? Yeah. Now you could, and, and I use body as an example because that's one of the harshest places where we judge ourselves. 
especially women, each other. especially as women, especially women. I feel like there's just this difficult standard in the United States yeah. more than anywhere else. Well, standard where in the United States or in, in your thinking, in our minds. And yes, cultural and traditional. What about like conditioning though? That. Like what about all it's those deal, like psychology things like yeah. conditioning and things like that? Well, we're trained, taught and educated to do this in a certain way. It doesn't mean that it's right. And it doesn't mean that it's the only way that you could do it. So let's go back to the model for a minute. Okay. Evaluation yes. implies comparison with some standard. When you ask yourself, when you judge yourself, when you judge your family or anybody else, you're comparing whatever it is to some standard. And if you don't have one, you'll make one up and you got a really great imagination. So what folks on the feelings, Emily, how do okay. you feel when you when you take what it is? And you compare it in your judgment to something better than how do you feel about what you got? I mean, pretty worthless. This sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I say sucks? You can on your say podcast? it. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Yes. Swearing and, Christian woman here. It's all good. And here's Children's show, though. I do feel like we do have a lot of younger mm-hmm. listeners who listen, but I feel like okay. that's a safe we'll, word. We'll bleep that one. We if can we use it. Here's the thing. I'm comfortable with it. You are, you are always right about how you feel. Yeah. How you feel is 100% consistent with the way your own mind is doing these two processes. And I'll, I'll give you a little introduction to uh, creation here in just a minute, and too. Interesting enough, too, I feel like we're always right about what we feel, but we also yes. ju- like ju- reject our feelings a lot of the time, too. Well, we judge ourselves for our feelings. Right. We're like, we shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. Which, I shouldn't be feeling upset about this. So just notice, look, I'm not here to tell you how to think. I don't have that kind of authority. <laughs> but I do want you to see that you are thinking and that your thinking matters. And whenever you compare what you've got to something better, you're going to feel worse about what you've got. Yep. Is that too complicated? It's quite easy to understand. Now, look the other direction for a minute. When you take what you've got and you compare it to something worse, how do you feel about what you got? I mean, a whole lot better. This is gratitude. Which is uh, can be tricky in some ways. We can get ourselves well, into a sticky situation sometimes there with ego, don't you think? You can you can misuse your mind in so many ways. Mm. Oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> but let's go to creation for a minute. Okay. We're not done yet. Our our mind is constantly judging our what it is, but it's also constantly working on what is to be. And so you project or anticipate or or expect what is to be. And that doesn't exist yet. We haven't created it yet. So the only place it exists right now is in our imagination. Like it, like just to really dial this in, like if you are wanting to hit the top of your network marketing company, for example, yeah, and you're just, you're at maybe the first or the second rank Mm -hmm. and you're looking at what it is, right? Where you are. You might be looking at someone who's at the top of the company and thinking, oh, it's so much better. I'm not far enough. I'm, yeah, that Woe inadequacy. That, right. I, I'm, I'm less than, right? It's like this guy who was sitting on my couch not too long ago. Yes, I have a couch. I am a shrink. <laughs> You've seen it. I've seen it. I've been there. And I didn't sit on it. <laughs> and he's going on and on and on about how 
how his job is just driving him nuts and his boss and the everything that okay so he's setting this up and i want to shake up his thinking a little bit and i said wait a minute you have a job and he rolled his eyes he's like yeah okay right just notice that yeah my foot hurts gabe's like you have a foot <laughs> right i can't believe like this is something that was really hard for me though when i struggled with body image when mm-hmm. i was a teenager yeah. right i would sit and i'd be like oh i need to be so grateful for what i have like i or have this not. body that works but i hate it Right. Mm. And it was interesting though, because I feel like that's what really resonated with me about life coaching. Mm. When I, when I started to come in and and notice my thoughts, because I feel like, I feel like a lot of times when people think of positivity, they recognize whether it's consciously or not that they're lying to themselves with positivity. So can you explain that? They think they're lying to themselves. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I have this healthy body. This is so nice, but also I wish it didn't look this way. Well, that's where we get into creation mode, okay? okay? Because no matter how good things are, they could always be better. Or worse. Or worse. But <laughs> when we get to creation mode, what do you want? If I were to give you a choice. Create whatever you, you want. Do you want something better or or? Something worse. I'm going to go with better. I'm going to go with better. Sure, you don't need to think about it for a minute? No, I don't need to think about it. Because, of course, you want something better. Yeah. Now, when we're in in creation mode, and I'll come right back to that lying question. Okay. okay? But when we're in creation mode, we want something better. How do you feel when you... Yeah, because why else would you be creating? Right. What's the point? There's no point. When you expect or imagine or anticipate or predict that what's coming is even worse than what you already have, how do you feel? Like I don't want to do it. This is anxiety. And burnout. Yeah. 30 years of clinical experience in a nutshell. Right there. Wow. I think it's had like a light bulb moment there. Well, what is anxiety? It's imagining that there are worse things on the way. Yeah. You don't know. How are you doing next week? Don't know. You don't know. You got something to do with it. Please don't forget that. <laughs> but you don't know. So when you imagine it, you create anxiety. That's this upper red arrow for our visual people. And if you don't have the model yet, drpauljenkins.com forward slash Emily, go get it. I've got one put together for you. What happens when you imagine or expect or predict or anticipate that what's coming is even better than what you've already got? I mean, I'm like on fire to go create it. Do you feel that? Yes. This is the energy and the enthusiasm that comes. You don't know what's coming. This is how I created my coaching program last year. Right. (laughs) So here's the thing. In the model, I've circled or I've put an ellipse around those green arrows. Yeah. This is what I call the positivity vector. And it shows you how you can be positive no matter what. Your circumstances Even when you're worse off. Well, you're always worse off than something. You're right. And you're always better off. Than something. Than something. (laughs) What if you're dying in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, this is really interesting that you bring this up, right? Because, well, even even look at this. So my friend, Dawn, 
who passed away from breast cancer in September. A lot of wow. our listeners know her. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our listeners were a part of a massive, uh, like we, we raised $60,000 in six hours wow. as a community, Yeah, not, not just this community, but the mm-hmm. community within our company, mm-hmm. uh, that, that knew her. Yeah. And, um, and the thing that I just kept thinking about was how grateful I was that she was not COVID positive because wow. we were allowed to be in the room with her to be there. And we were, we were, that's why we flew her children. We two private jets, yeah. Flew them across country and she was able to be surrounded by her five children and her mm-hmm. mom and her sister. Yeah. As she was dying because she didn't have COVID. Right. Because they let you in the hospital. But if you had COVID, you had no visitors and you would have to die alone. Right. Yeah. So even in death, well, better or worse. Like I see it. Emily, spoiler alert. Nobody gets out of this alive. No. <laughs> Are you okay? It's, it's so it's so easy to forget that on an everyday basis, right? When we're right. like, take our supplements, exercise, drink our water, stay healthy. Yes. For sure, I'm getting out of here alive. It's all part of the journey. And there are upsides and downsides to everything. So when in our coaching, for example, I know you're trained in, in uh, Brooke Castillo's model and yeah. how circumstances are neutral. Yeah. And people resist that. When I say circumstances are neutral in my model, I say it is what it is Mm -hmm. because it could always be better. It could always be worse. It does not mean that circumstances are painless or that circumstances are easy because many of them are painful and difficult. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that they are bad. Because right. there's upsides and downsides to everything. And the model helps you to see that. Well, and that that's the thing that I think is the million dollar question with, with all these versions of the model, right? Like when you talk about your model, you're talking about your creation and evaluation and what is it is. But yeah. it when I talk about the model, I'm talking about CTFAR and, and yeah, you know, circumstance. You can see how that fits yeah, right it all in. fits right in. This it, is 100%. all on the T line, by the way. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, that's I'm so glad you did point that out. Categories yeah, I love that. That's so powerful yeah. because really when you think about it, like um for me personally, it's the human brain, at least the one that I experience every single day, mm-hmm. sees a circumstance or a person or a thing yeah. and is already making judgments about it, right? Like right. that's bad, that's good, that's wrong, that's right. Yeah. And then it's really easy, feels like it's easy to skip over the thought mm-hmm. that created that judgment that then just yeah. leaves me feeling, oh, I'm anxious because she's overwhelming. You point back to the circumstances right. rather than identifying the thought. And then you're in victimization. Right. And helpless, which is not a great place to be, even though it temporarily feels comforting. Although, can I just throw this in? Please. It's a legitimate option. It's all optional, right? When you see you can it. You totally as, choose it. Until you see it as a choice, it's not. And so you'll roll with whatever your programming is. Interesting. And that's really powerful. And it's, it's where you get to take all your power back, right? right? Like that's where the best news ever Mm -hmm. is that it's not anyone else doing any of it to you. Right. Right. Like we've even had, and this, this is going to be for another day, but you and I have even had conversations about uh, abuse 
-hmm. and where that fits into all of it. Right. Because I mean, I've like spent a lot of time thinking about this with like, well, what if you really are a victim of abuse? Like you're creating Mm -hmm. all of that in your mind. Like that's what the model teaches, right. Mm -hmm. Is that you're creating it, that it's happening to you. That's a fact, right? Right. Like we can prove that part of it, right. Whether it's physical or emotional abuse, it's happening. We can prove it, but the pain of it in the model, it if we, from, it comes from your thoughts, right. right? And you shared with me uh, some really interesting things about um, the, a book that you read, Elizabeth Smart's book, yeah. about how she talks about that and how she mm-hmm. rejected therapy for her recovery, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just, it's interesting how when you really bare bone it down, all of your pain is created by your own thoughts in your mind which is the best news ever, because if it was created by someone else or something else, we can't control humans. It also stings a little. It's like when I was, I was driving down to St. George to see a client and you know, have you ever done this when you're driving and you get lost in your thoughts and you blow right past your exit? Oh yes. (laughs) And I knew I had done this. Or you are speeding and you get pulled over. Oh, the lights in your, your, yeah. (laughs) In this particular instance, I knew I had missed my exit when I saw the big colorful sign. Oh, no. Arizona oh, welcome no. show. And I'm like, what? Arizona? This isn't even right. And you look around. and I was going to say, George, I was meaning to land in Utah. Well, and how often does this happen in life where we look around ourselves and we think, crap, this is not where I wanted to be. Yeah. Not what I had in mind. And then I look down and guess whose hands I see on my steering wheel? Yours. See, that bites. I'm in the desert of Arizona because I drove there. I'm not saying that that you brought on the abuse. I'm saying whatever you're experiencing right now, look down, see whose hands are on the wheel. And the bad news is also the good news. Right. Because if my hands are on the wheel, swallow hard and just accept that. What can I do next? Yeah. Now See, what? See, I can turn it. I can steer it. I can take it somewhere from here. And Elizabeth did that. Yeah. With her horrendous experience, she took that and created from that a very inspiring legacy that has liberated hundreds, probably thousands of children from sex slavery. Yeah. Has, has inspired people from, from the microphone. Yeah. Over the years that she's been an adult. And that impresses me. That inspires me. Well, and she could have handled it any way and everyone would have been understanding and supportive of her. Yeah. Pat her on the head. Oh, you poor right. victim. Right. Exactly. But she decided to take her car and drive it in another direction. Yeah, what can and I look do what with she's this? done Here with I am. it. Yeah. I mean, I think it is why she's so happy. I do right? too. You look at her and you're like, how can this person who's been through this horrific experience yeah. be so happy and have a functioning marriage and children. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's really just so impressive. So. so awesome. Well, I love that you've taught us about the model that you, Can you use that. Absolutely. This yeah. is so powerful. So thank awesome. you for teaching this today to us and stay tuned everybody, because we are going to dive further into this and Give we're going to part two. We're going to do part two and we're going to teach you about how an elephant being chained plays into all of this and you're not going to want to miss out on it because it's going to change your business and the way you think about your business by learning about it. Yeah. So power of the mind. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll see you in next. 
is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.